0: You're listening to The Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Velada from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio, AM 640.
1: Good evening everybody. Happy Thanksgiving Sunday. Hopefully you guys had a great dinner. Your bellies are full and now you're ready for the dating and relationship show with me Laura Bellotta of singleinthecity.ca right here on AM640. I'm so excited because Sandra Carusi, my executive producer and Mm -hmm. host of Inside Jokes and also the co-host of this show is back.
2: Yes. I missed you. Oh yeah, it's been a while since I've been on this show. It's been
1: about a month at Ah, least. Yeah, That's why you look
2: so refreshed and happy.
1: Aw, no, (laughs) no, I actually did miss you. So two weeks ago we talked uh, about sex within relationships and now we want to explore sex as a whole as well as um, an emerging type of relationship. So polyamory. In statistics, in a Statistics Canada survey on polyamory, 68% of respondents said that they are currently involved in a polyamorous relationship. That's oh, high. That's high.
2: Yeah. and Can you explain uh, what polyamorous means?
1: Um, well, I'll, I'll get Caitlin to do that. And right. 40% said that they had been involved in such a relationship in the last five years. So we're joined today by Caitlin K. Roberts, a somatic sex educator, CEO of the alt porn company, SPIT, and facilitator of her well-known Body Pride workshops. Welcome, Caitlin.
3: Thank you so much for having me. Thanks
1: for coming. So Caitlin will help us understand topics around sex and about the polyamorous lifestyle. She also has brought along her friend Riley, who is a mom, writer, and graphic designer who practices polyamory and open relationships. Welcome Riley. Now I just want to say by discussing this topic today, we are not condoning these types of relationships, but rather just bringing awareness to this topic. We do live in Canada where we have freedom of speech and we are able to live the lifestyle of choice. Um, And we're not here to judge, right, Sandra? No way. No, we're just here to, uh, you know, make you aware of what's Mm -hmm. going on in our society and, uh, you know, little information here and there. So with having said that, let's start. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Caitlin, I'm going to start with you. Um, You're involved in a lot of dynamic topics such as somatic sex education. Yeah. Okay, well, we're going to find out what that is. (laughs) Alternative adult film and body image and awareness campaigns. Tell us about these things. First of all, well, let's let's tell because some people don't know what polyamory is. So let's let's discuss that. What is polyamory?
3: Excellent question. So breaking it down, poly means many and amory means loves. So we have polyamory, many loves, meaning multiple love relationships.
1: Okay, so where you're it's not the same as swinging because swinging there's no love involved.
3: You know, there's a lot of overlap in the community. Typically, there's like um a starting point where people will begin by swinging it's a very easy thing to start to navigate where you go in as a couple and you start playing with another couple and you can imagine that sometimes you develop feelings so you might develop from a swinging relationship into a polyamorous relationship but they are different so polyamorous
1: relationships are where you can have feelings for more than one person yes okay
2: okay but just i'm, I'm gonna be the layman dum-dum throughout this whole show because <laughs> that's how i actually operate um but I love a lot of people. Mm-hmm. No, not that kind of not love. Not that kind. Of, like you mean full on like love, partnership. Partnership. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, with sex.
3: Um, I mean, like, sex is a different component. I mean, do you have sex in all of your relationships all the time? Sometimes you go through dry spells, right? <laughs> yes. So, like, it really depends on how you personally define relationship in mm-hmm. your life. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, what is somatic sex education? So somatic means learning in the body. So somatic sex education is taking sex education as we know it and starting to incorporate a more holistic approach by bringing the body into the conversation. So when we talk about issues of consent, when we say listen to your body and what it says yes and what it says no, we start to tap into what it actually feels like to have an embodied yes and an embodied no. So that we can listen to our bodies and situations instead of what's going on in our minds. That's
2: amazing, by the
1: way. So how is this, uh, a sex education different from seeing a sex therapist, or
3: is it? So um, I'm not a therapist. I have not gone to get a therapy degree. So somatic sex education is I'll work one-on-one with clients to help them develop their own embodied responses of yes and no and learning to come into pleasure in their bodies. So I do incorporate touch in my work. So I work with clients in a touch-based settings so we can begin to explore what touch feels like in their body and how they can practice asking for what they want. And you work with people and uh, when it comes to body image and awareness.
1: Tell us about that. Mm-hmm.
3: So I've been running body pride workshops um, for about six years now. Um, I just had my last one at good for her. I saw is- your
1: website like there's, <laughs> there's naked people on there. <laughs>
3: Yay. yeah that's pretty much there are like naked a people on your website yay. is that allowed is there a, is that uh, a on the, the
1: internet <laughs> oh yeah that doesn't ever happen here goes that laugh again she laughs at me
3: like I'm crazy I'm pretty
1: sure that I don't like, even know how that happens the well. internet exists
3: for people to put their nudes up I'm pretty, pretty sure that's like that's it why started. it's there yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay uh, well
1: we have to take a break you're listening to the dating and relationship show on talk radio and 640 stick with us when we come back we're going to talk about body image
0: You're listening to The Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from SingleInTheCity.ca on Talk Radio, AM 640.
1: And we're back. You're listening to The Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio, AM 640 on this Thanksgiving Sunday. Thanks for tuning in. We have uh, Caitlin K. Roberts. She's here with us. We're talking about polyamorous relationships. And also Riley's here. We haven't let you speak yet, eh, Riley? Not yet. Don't worry. Don't worry. We'll get there. We're talking about uh, polyamorous relationships and body image. And so yeah, now we're gonna continue with body image. So what causes negative body image? And and can't you say that like that most of us can relate to this? Because don't we all have a little bit of negative body image?
3: I mean, I think as a human living in the world, it probably causes negative body image issues. I mean you walk down Young Street, you go to the Eaton Center, you're bombarded with pictures of what our ideal body should look like. Right. Photoshopped.
2: Yeah, yeah, and young. Yay. I have Both no things. I I don't
3: know anything about that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Dean young is still freaked out you made him look like Sailor Moon and some of the <laughs> some of our I was
1: dying last night when I saw it. I actually put makeup on the guy and I didn't realize Anime. it.
2: Anime. It was so <laughs> <laughs>
1: But Go to the Dating and Relationship show on Facebook and you'll see Dean Young from uh, a couple weeks ago. Laura show, hacked last her week. away. Yeah. yeah, I put makeup on the poor guy. Oh my
2: But it's gosh. relevant to what we're talking about in body image because of these filters, it makes everybody look like I'll say to Laura when I'm in some of the pictures, I'm like shave a good 20 pounds off my arms, please. I don't do that though. Come on. I don't change No, no, body. We all look natural. Well, you should when I tell you. Give me a waist. I haven't had a waist my whole life. <laughs> Throw a waist in there.
1: Okay, next time I will. <laughs> Stay tuned, folks. Stay tuned.
2: <laughs> Sandra's so body be 100 pounds. body image is big. And, you know, for people who've been through illnesses, that modifies your body. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went through significant body image issues with my health issues. It took me over a year. I actually represent the Look Good, Feel Better program, which is uh, women with cancer and teaching them makeup and, and the importance of looking good because you actually feel better when you do that. Mm-hmm. And so it's great that you do that kind of work and mm-hmm. you do it with couples.
3: Um, so my body image workshops, I just do as like a workshop. So about um, six to 12 people will come into a space and we'll be totally naked. Um, and we'll talk about yeah, <laughs> men, men and women, men, women, no. non binary trans And people. what do you
1: talk about? Sorry.
3: Uh, We talk about our relationships to our bodies, sexuality, and our relationships to our relationships.
1: Does anyone end up having sex at the end of it?
3: No, these are non-sexual events. These are totally about desexualizing the body and coming to a place where we can just be a naked person without putting any meaning on that. Yeah, but come on, no guys have ever gotten aroused? Arousal is just erotic energy. It doesn't mean you have to do anything with it. Okay.
2: I uh, have to contest that, please. (laughs) (laughs) insist no that's no but no you're teaching uh like control really and and uh a lot of different things over your body i guess and owning it
3: um i mean loving it loving it the ideal i mean yeah it's i mean controlling your body is different than being on good terms with your body yes and like illness is a great example of that right like when Mm -hmm. you're fighting with the body you're not like there's so many um studies that are coming out now that like when you're at war with the body your body's fighting back when you come to love the body and give mm-hmm. appreciation, you start to, like, come to terms with, your body yeah. starts feeling better. It's
1: true. So, sorry. No, so what didn't. are some
3: of the signs and th- that you might be
1: experiencing some negative body image? I think we all have a little bit of it. Totally. Right? Yeah. A
3: really great check-in point for yourself is, like, when you're having sex, if the only thing you can think about is what you're looking like in that sexual experience, you probably have some body image issues. Is that you, Sandra?
2: No, I, I just, I could see, like, maybe my younger self now, I truly don't care, but... I could see that being a problem for people.
3: Mm-hmm. So is that the only way? No, absolutely not. I mean you go through the Eaton Center if you start feeling guilty <laughs> about clothes <laughs> not looking good on you or looking the way they do on the models, like it's it's hard not to have body image issues in the city. To be totally honest. So what
1: treatment is available for those people experiencing negative Um, body image?
3: Treatment is an interesting term for it. There's treatment for eating disorders, whether or not there's treatment to, like, gain body pride. Um, I don't know if there's a specific protocol, but coming to a workshop like Body Pride does, like, it acts as a really good catalyst to coming to terms with your body. Um, And there are excellent programs like Somatic Sex Education that will give specific exercises for people to take home to work through a lot of their body image issues.
1: Riley have you been to any of her uh, workshops? Caitlin's been my
3: private tutor
1: for a long time. Yeah, For body image?
4: For body image, for life, for everything, for somatics. And how has it helped you? I love myself all all over again. I felt reborn after learning about this. It was beautiful. So tell
1: me about the experience.
4: Um, It was a lot of learning to come to terms with um, the fact that no one is perfect. Um, That's there's, right, there's, nobody is perfect. No, there's beauty and imperfection. And um, just learning to harness um, a lot of your internal energies and how to use those for positive things, um, how to
3: just channel happiness and use it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and um, Caitlin, what sort of exercises do you promote in your body image workshops?
3: Great question. So there is a really good practice that has been scientifically proven to increase people's body pride. Um, Go in front of a mirror every day for 30 days. Get us completely naked. So we can do this at home?
1: Okay, do listen, 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 we in can do this at of home, your own everybody.
3: Um, be totally in front of anybody. But naked. don't do um, it
1: right now because you're probably really full from Thanksgiving and feeling bloated. Okay, start tomorrow. Okay, go. Sorry. Um,
3: get as naked as you possibly can. If that is fully clothed, that's fully clothed. If that's totally naked, that's totally naked. And start to list off the things that you like what you see. And it can be as little as something as I like my toenails to I like my shoulder. And it can change every day. And you can add to that list every day just it's beginning a practice of noticing positive things about yourself and continuing that. So giving yourself space to be in a place where you do genuinely like your body.
1: And where can people see start seeing a change in their behavior?
3: I mean, like that it depends on person to person. The more time and effort you spend engaged with your body in a place of love, the more results you're going to have. It's
1: almost like positive affirmations. To yeah, to a degree, by it has to at really be. In the mirror. It
3: has to be honest, though. Like, it can't just be like, "Oh yeah, I love my body." Like, that's not going to do anything when you go. It's a process. you have to find a lot process. of truth in it.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Awesome, awesome, awesome.
1: We'll be right back. Stay with us. We're going to talk about sex when we come back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio AM six forty.
0: Listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Velada from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio AM 640.
1: And we're back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio AM 640. I'm Laura Velada. My co host Santa Cruzzi from Inside Jokes is finally back. Thank you for being here today. No
2: problem. It's lovely.
1: Yeah. And we're talking about uh, polyamory and different types of relationships, like open relationships and monogamy as well. Yeah. Not really, but
2: you know. (laughs) So yeah, so there's polygamy and polyamorously. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Polyamorous.
3: Polygamy is very different. Yeah, polygamy (laughs) many wives. Like sister
1: wives. You'd like sister wives. Yeah. So what's the difference?
3: Well, I mean, polyamorous many loves, so it's not wives at all. I mean you could have Okay, so you're not
1: getting married, that's the only difference?
3: Not Mm -hmm. married and not specifically so polygamy is specifically one man, many women. There's another term that's escaping me right now, but it's, there's a female version of it as well. Oh, okay. It's poly something. So how do you Um, feel
1: about the polygamous relationships?
3: uh, I mean, I think it's more of a religious lifestyle and like if everyone involved is happy to be involved in that, then
1: why not support it? Yeah. I just find it odd though. I don't know. Like on Monday, he's with Susie. On Tuesday, he's with me. On Wednesday, he's with Jennifer. Like, and it's like, I don't know. She's
2: Polylandry. Polyandry, yeah. Yeah, when yeah, um, awesome. women have multiple husbands. I'm not yeah. quite sure why a woman would want to clean up after more than one guy, but <laughs> whatever. Well, I mean, Ladies, she, she could no, get she...
3: them to clean up after her. Mm. I mean. We know that's going <laughs> to happen. There, there Gender rules are... <laughs> men. Yeah. What's that? There
4: are many subservient men in the world. They're great. <laughs> get me the numbers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how do people's differences in lifestyle, such as monogamy, polyamory, queer, changer, somatic sex? education?
3: Um, honestly, it wouldn't change somatic sex education by a whole lot. Uh, I have the benefit of being involved in those specific communities. So I have a lot of the similar language that I can help people navigate polyamorous relationships or what it feels like to be queer. Um, but in essence, it wouldn't necessarily change when it comes down to in somatic sex education.
1: So if, if you're in a polyamory um, relationship, basically, there's no cheating, right?
3: Oh, oh there's no, there definitely is. cheating. Okay, Absolutely.
1: explain that because wow. if you're allowed to be with more than one partner, then how how can you be cheating? Right.
4: Um, well, and like there you have to discuss your boundaries with your partners. So you have to decide what that means to you and your designated partners. So within those dynamics, um, you have to decide what your communication looks like. So do I tell you about every person that I'm going on dates with? Do I tell you about all my other partners? How much information do you want to know? What are your boundaries around um, intersecting relationships? So can I date your partners? Can you date my partners? While we're dating each other? Can we can I date your sister? Can I date your mother? Okay. Can I can I have
1: sex with your father?
4: <laughs> These are all options, right? So wow. I just, what are the
1: rules? It just seems so, so complicated the, to me. You know, well,
3: it's just it's a conversation away. So compl- yeah, the best way I've so had it described is you, you trade in one set of problems for a different set of problems, but you hope that those problems align with your lifestyle more. Yeah. Interesting.
4: So but everything's a conversation away from having a solution. You just
1: mm. have to be willing to talk about there it. There you go. Mm-hmm.
2: That's, that's all. a Great statement for mm-hmm. everything in life. Yeah, like, actually. yeah. <laughs> it is. <laughs> if we communicate better. Okay, yeah, so as a sex
1: educator, Caitlin, mm-hmm. can you comment on the societal norm of monogamy?
2: Um,
3: I think have, like, a- have
1: you ever counselled people that struggle with this?
3: That struggle with monogamy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she mean, la- like- there's that laugh again. <laughs> like everyone. Um, no. I think monogamy is just another lifestyle choice. And ultimately, I think one of the really great things about acknowledging it as a love style itself is that you get to question if it works for you. So a lot of people will actually go into polyamorous relationships, test it out just to see if it's something that fits with what works for them. And maybe even while after that. In,
1: yeah, while they're in a current relationship?
3: No, no, no. Like, like consensually. Okay. But maybe after that, they'd go back to monogamy because they're like, now I know that like one partner feels better for me and I'd prefer that at this point in time Mm -hmm. but the problem is that we're not really opening our eyes up to the broader picture of what love styles could be if we only have one track for monogamy which is what like all movies tv shows and books tell us then we don't have multiple visions of what that could look like for us
1: Okay. Now, part of somatic sex education is to teach uh, the body about pleasure.
3: Mm. Mm-hmm. Sandra likes mm-hmm. this one. Mm-hmm.
1: What can you tell us about your encouragement of mindful masturbation? Oh, <gasps> oh my your favorite work. topic. Oh, boy. <laughs>
2: okay. So, hold on. There's a rise, no pun intended, of mindful meditation, mm-hmm. which I love, which mm-hmm. is all about being in the present, and it's actually quite healthy. Mm-hmm. So, I could see this evolution into really? sex now. Wow.
3: So mindful masturbation. So we have this concept that when we masturbate, we typically have one way that we do it. We do this specific touch, position, toys, fantasy, porn, whatever you want to call it, and whatever pattern you have. We do it all the time, every day, and we've hardwired this into our brains. So we have these neurological pathways that are just like really formed hard pathways in our brains. And learning to experience pleasure beyond those pathways becomes really, really challenging. And so when we incorporate mindfulness into masturbation, we start to break our patterns to so start to be more present in what pleasure feels like in our bodies as we deviate from our pathways and just like staying in pleasure mindfully in our bodies to experience more neurological. How pathways. can people do that? Oh, it's so wonderful. So um, <laughs> please explain. Yes. If you have a pattern per se that's like watching porn and you know that Um, watching porn is the one way that your body experiences pleasure. One way to change that pattern is by using porn as a tool to generate your arousal. And then once your body is at peak arousal, turning it off, putting it aside and staying with your body in that pleasure. And staying with pleasure in your body means like actually focusing on internally the sensations of the pleasure in your body and if you find your arousal dissipating again go back to the porn and build up arousal again but the point is to turn it off before you have any sort of climax and
1: i have a question about the porn but we have to take a break so we'll be right back we're talking about mindful masturbation here on am 640 the dating and relationship show
0: Listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio, AM 640.
1: Interesting show today on the Dating and Relationship Show. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, We're on AM 640. I have my co host here, Santa Cruz from Inside Jokes. And today we have a special guest, a somatic sex educator, Caitlin K. Roberts, and Riley, who practices polyamory. She's in our studio as well. We were talking about porn before the break. Not and, a bad uh, word. Uh, Adult movies. I, so, I wanted to ask Caitlin a question because we were talking about porn and do, do you think it's okay to use porn as a way to masturbate every time because I think that that could cause like we've we've talked about yes. this on the show before and it could cause some serious issues because almost like you need that in order to mm-hmm. uh, be aroused or get aroused.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes. So, I really want to um Take a lot of the pressure off porn itself because people who don't watch porn still have ingrained patterns. People who rely on Hitachi magic wands, or people who rely Hatachi on Hitachi
1: magic wands
2: toys. Oh. toys. oh, I love Laura. So much. <laughs> sorry. So <laughs> I love her. I, really I didn't have kids. But no, not in a polyamorous way. I, could, I didn't have like, kids. How would I know what that is? Polyamorous partners. What? What,
4: that, what does a kid have to do with a sex toy? Oh, oh,
2: oh, to- oh, sorry. <laughs> no, leave this in. Do okay.
1: not edit. Do not edit this
2: out. <laughs> this is staying in
1: the show. I am not blonde, guys. I am a brunette. Okay. And
2: that is classic. <laughs>
1: Sorry. Hitachi sure. wants. No,
2: it's okay. Yeah. It's an so, intense a... vibrators. I know it's what okay. I'm buying for Christmas.
1: <laughs> hey, listen, I have a basement full of vibrators. Yeah, I've had many people sponsor my events at Single in the City, and they've given me lots of toys that I could not give away or give out. Yeah, you want uh, butt beads?
4: Mm, wow! I have Anel butt beads. beads. Are what are they? Why aren't you using them? A
1: butt bead? <laughs> Yeah, Laura. Learn your no, body. no have thanks. Okay, next. Adventure. I had a
3: question about the porn. Please, Caitlin. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> porn is not inherently bad. Porn is not an inherently bad tool, but it is a tool in your tool belt. And what becomes problematic is when we rely on one singular tool in order to generate arousal and eroticism in our bodies. So when we break away from our patterns, again, coming back to this patterns, we start to generate more areas of our brain to experience greater capacities for pleasure. So you're basically increasing your pleasure portfolio, using porn as a tool to increase arousal, using toys to increase arousal. But don't
1: do it every day, right? Don't do it every day. Break
3: your patterns. If you break your patterns, you're going to have more health, you're going to have more awareness, you're going to have more happiness, you're going to have more pleasure.
2: For um, uh, while we're on this topic, uh, I want to refer women in particular to uh, www.omgyes.com, which is all about women and men, women and men. Oh, it is well, for pleasure.
3: Men can learn a lot. Of right. Tools, it's
2: right? about women's pleasure and women learning more about their body and trying different ways to stimulate and actually learning on yourself so mm-hmm. you can teach your partner in a nice way, without mm-hmm. offending them, mm-hmm. on how to pleasure you better. And uh, guys will love the site because it gives them tips and tricks because they are they really want to please their partners. And actually women and women, obviously, mm-hmm. partnerships as well. Uh, it's just all around a, a great little site. So Riley, yes, you said that mindful masturbation changed your
1: life. Can oh, you tell did. us about that? How did it change your life?
4: Um, it provided me with a full scope of my capabilities to experience pleasure. That um, I realized I was enduring experiences with myself, which was ridiculous. I'd put myself in a situation where I would would be masturbating and I'd be like, okay, well, this is fine. And like, whatever. Okay. Like, I'll get there eventually. This is like, and there'd be points where like, it wasn't that great. And it's like, I'm doing this to myself. Like, you deserve better. And then figuring out that like I didn't have to do that, that I didn't have to endure an experience was incredible, and it was so liberating. And wow. now I enjoy every single touch that comes in contact with my body, <laughs> and and my life is magic.
1: <laughs> so if I came over there right now and touch your shoulder, like you'd be there's all kinds super of excited?
4: Pleasure. Yeah, there's all kinds of pleasure well, in your body. Just being aware. <laughs> pleasure uh-huh. and arousal are two different things.
2: Yes. Vince, go over there and touch her. <laughs> See, every show, we always ta- hear about how men love Laura. Now we're going to no. hear how women love Laura. No. <laughs> Go <laughs> over and touch not, her. I'm sure true.
1: she's going to add you to her polyamory list. Okay, back to polyamory. So how do you separate feelings and emotions such mm. as jealousy? Because that would no, be tough. I wouldn't be able to do it.
4: not as scary as people think it is. Jealousy is normal. That's something that like it, that's something you're But a allowed lot of people don't feel. have
1: control over jealousy. You're
4: allowed to feel jealous. You're allowed to feel But why
1: would you want to feel jealous? I you're don't like feeling jealous. To
3: another it stresses emotions. me. Out. Jealousy is yeah, exactly. It's, jealousy, it's a conductor. Yeah. It usually tells you I'm afraid of losing something or I want something, right? If your partner is experiencing a certain sexual experience with someone else, your jealousy might arise and like, oh I want that. I want to experience that yes. and I'm afraid of losing it.
4: And then you can also turn that jealousy around into another beautiful emotion, which is called compersion, mm. which is one of the most lovely things in the world. And that's when you see one of your partners experience something that brings them enormous joy and you feel happy for them. Because this is someone I love. This is someone I care about. And I'm seeing them so
1: happy doing this thing. And that yeah. makes me feel beautiful Definitely inside. a different mindset for sure. Yeah. So what can you say to the critics?
3: You do you and not The ones me. that say,
1: but if you love someone, you shouldn't want <laughs> someone else
3: i mean i love so many people in so many different ways exactly if you have one friend and you love them should you have only one friend but that's
2: just a friend
1: What's this is just, just a lover okay
2: no mm-hmm. <laughs> well, no it's about clarifying yeah. these because you know yeah. the questions that people out there right now so for Absolutely. example i was at a dinner on last weekend uh, married people around and we were talking about uh this topic it came up in the news and uh, about polyamory and um they were saying they think that things are more with swingers, though, because there is a difference. But they, they seem to think um, that you could people could go into our uncharted waters if they don't if they're not as well versed as, let's say, you guys on the subject. Oh, like absolutely. you guys are very comfortable and high, have a high emotional quotient when it comes to this subject. But Thank a lot you. of people don't. Yeah. But you need that going in. I think people need to know that because I think. I know a lot of couples who are very honest with me and they want to try different things and different people in the bedroom and stuff like that. Um, so I want to ask that question on behalf of them probably after the break. Yeah, right after the break. Stay with us. We're talking about polyamorous
1: relationships on the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio AM640.
0: You're listening to The Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio AM 640.
1: And we're back. You're listening to The Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio AM 640. We're talking about polyamorous relationships with somatic sex educator Caitlin K. Roberts and Riley, who practices polyamory. There's so many poly this, poly that. (laughs)
2: Polyester (laughs) is a brutal one.
1: (laughs) And and Santa Kruse is, uh, she's back... um, She's back this week. I'm so, a
2: polyesterist.
1: Yeah. So, anyways, before the break, Sandra was asking this long-winded question, but oh, uh, but basically, uh, we want to know. So, for people who are not in the lifestyle but they want to be, or they you know they want to start getting into it, but they don't know how to start. What what can you advise them, or how can you advise them?
3: Um, I would definitely read some books before starting. There are some. Re- you were looking at a great one online here, uh, more than two by Franklin Bow and his partner. Um, and the ethical slut, all are all yes. like really great books. That's a great with. book. There's, um, you know, o- OK Cupid now has an option for polyamorous relationships. Wow. So wow. as a I starting point, you can mm-hmm. go in and set up a profile that like this is exactly what we're looking for. We're hoping to start dating. Whatever feels good for you, and you're going to find some people.
2: Can you know? I just can I just say something? Yeah. I think traditionally. Uh, w- women are uh, who think. Uh, just advising couples before you go into it, like especially guys, because again, I talked to so many friends. Guys are like, yeah, I can't wait. We're gonna bring people into the bedroom. Da 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 da. And I think men can have multiple partners easier than women can. I think traditionally, new people to it, new people to this. <laughs> I know, you um, guys are going, that's not I true. I mean, you're talking to two all. women. Well, No, I know, but traditionally. I don't agree with that either. I'm talking about the mass audience out there. Okay. I find
4: it interesting that you always say bringing them into the bedroom and not bringing them into their lives. Like, is this oh, purely you're right. sex? Is this purely sex? Or are we talking about, like, because when I bring someone into my life, they come into my bedroom my heart my lifestyle good my point everything. and that's
2: what polyamory so is So that's the
4: difference so, so i'm which, not uh, what you're speaking of just in the bedroom that's just swinging
2: that you're right you're,
4: those people are looking for you or is polysexual same, yeah polysexual polysexual
2: okay there yeah. you go
4: where they're not including romantic feelings that sort of thing yeah because so, like, we
2: do the show because there's so many different definitions of relationships and it's absolutely. important to expose it to people yeah. and a lot of people who are are inquisitive and don't yeah. know how to go about it so it's great that you're sharing that with us so
1: in, in the statistic mentioned at the beginning of the show where 60 of respondents identified as polyamorous. It was also reported that 75% of respondents in this study were in the age group of 25 to 44. So, what happens after 44? <laughs>
2: you <laughs> die. We're all,
4: all going to get there eventually. <laughs>
2: <but>. <laughs> you ask dumb questions on radio so, shows. So,
1: Riley, how and when did you mm. discover you preferred polyamory?
4: Um, this is an interesting question for me because I think I've practiced polyamory in every single one of my relationships ever. Um, from a young age, um, I would have boyfriends, but they were contingent on the fact that my best friend tagged along. Okay. Um, so she would come in along and we would have this like really cute dynamic of "Oh, this is my boyfriend. But like
1: we all want to kiss together. Let's see. Hey, and I, I, I never and- had that happen to me. <clears throat> <laughs> How does that just happen with every boyfriend was, you with had? Every
4: boyfriend I had, I always had. You a must best put friend out too. that vibe or something. Um, but then, when I got into my twenties, I found a language to identify what I was actually doing, and then it was no longer me just saying, "Well, I have this best friend who's like really keen on this idea of us, of me and you," and then it became, "No, I have romantic feelings for both of you. Sometimes these will intersect; sometimes they will not." Um, are you okay with this dynamic and it became much more consensual and there was a lot more conversation and dialogue involved in that and it became better But now you don't have
1: any boyfriends. You have only girlfriends, uh,
4: but sometimes I have boyfriends just not right now
1: Okay, so how many girlfriends do you have now
4: currently? I have three girlfriends three partners
2: I could call them partners. Do You guys and- all go out on like uh, date night together <laughs>
4: uh, Sometimes we have group date nights <laughs> sometimes-
2: Is that a dumb question
4: no. no I, had, I had a d- group date night two weekends ago. It was beautiful. So who
2: buys?
1: <laughs> like, is there like, like a, a man kind of in a relationship, <laughs> even though you're a female? And you're laughing at so, my question. We're getting
4: Good into question. dynamics of um, different things now. So if we want to cross over into like another aspect of my life, which is kink, there is a portion of my life that does revolve around that. Okay, please. let will ex- explain. Use, what is kink? What is kink? Oh, yeah. oh well, Kink is... Sexuality that falls outside of the norm, I suppose. Like sexual whipped,
1: acts, whip,
2: whips get whip, whip, and chains excite stuff. me. No. Yeah. Well, yes,
4: but no. Okay. Uh, is it BDSM necessarily? BDSM is part okay. of it, yeah. Um, but there is times where um for my partners and stuff i like to facilitate experiences for them that do include men so there will be a man involved who is used as like a prop and it's like you play with him <laughs> so i can watch because that is something that Caitlin, me. you can laugh it's okay <laughs>
2: Caitlin, she's why holding are
4: you it in i'm
3: so happy that she's saying this on radio because
4: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, <is, laughs> this is
1: like
3: our life this ending, is our lifestyle so it's like public and like being able to talk about it it's yeah, so wonderful for sure. it's so great well, ha- I'm,
1: I'm glad you guys came here today yeah. this is very interesting
3: So,
4: like, in those situations... Like, I love men. Men are great. I just... I'm not personally in love with one
1: currently. So, these three girlfriends that you have, do they also have other girlfriends?
4: Um, Some of them have other girlfriends. Some of them have other boyfriends. Um, How do you guys
1: keep track?
2: Of what? Each other? Well... (laughs) Yeah, like I need
4: an
1: well, advocate. Well, three is not that much. One, two, three. Hello. So I have
4: I have three partners who are I am romantically loving in relationships with, and then I have satellite partners,
1: which are partners. I satellite. cannot
2: find one. By the way, <laughs> congratulations on your six. <laughs> <laughs> I'm obviously doing something wrong. I but... think
1: you need to practice polyamory. No, it's you can't get one. I'm going to beef it up to three now.
4: <laughs> but you have to decide what you're looking for, though, in these relationships. Because when I find, oh. like, a relationship, like, some of my relationships fulfill me in very, like, specific ways. So one of them may be sexual, one of them may be very emotional, one of them may be um, oh. someone who I enjoy going on outings with. So you just have to really narrow it down to what you're looking for.
1: Very, very interesting. We will be right back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio and 640.
0: You're listening to The Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Velada from SingleInTheCity.ca on Talk Radio, AM 640.
2: I'm here with my real estate friend, Holly Garvey-Penny. What's up with HGP's tips and trends today? Hi, Sandra. Today's actually a design tip, and that is look up. I'm talking about taking advantage of the vertical space in your home. There's a lot of square footage up there above the couches and tables. That could mean adding shelves and colorful wall-mounted cabinets of different sizes, stacking your paintings or artwork in an interesting arrangement, changing your floor lamp to wall-mounted lighting. Not only will it add some character to your space, it's also quite functional. Call or email me today. I can help you. They can reach you at hgp at bosleyrealestate.com or 416-322-8000. Thanks, Sandra.
0: Now, back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Velada from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio, AM 640.
1: Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio AM640. Sandra Cruz is my co-host today, and we have somatic sex educator, Caitlin K. Roberts, and Riley, who practices polyamory and open relationships. They're here. We're talking about open relationships and relationships like polyamory and body image and that sort of thing. And... uh, now I have a question about polyamory relationships. It seems like they have no rules. Do they have rules? Like, so, what are so and what are rules. some of the rules then that exist in this type of relationship?
3: Um, you know what? They're different for every dynamic. Um, my personal rule is that I follow my own truth, and I expect my partners to follow their truth. And by that, I mean t- to be honest about what they're feeling and to communicate those feelings so that we can navigate comfortably moving forward in a space that feels good for everybody. Riley, I don't know if you have other um rules. some of my rules include You said
2: there were a lot of rules, that's only one.
3: I mean I like to simplify.
2: Okay. <laughs> well, it sounds like with multiple partners, that's really there, there is a lot of,
3: there's a, like, within that, there comes a lot of rules. It's like, if you're going on a date, I would like you to communicate that you're going on a date with me. And, like, that's in a primary partnership. And, like, that might not be something that, like, satellite partners, they might not communicate that they're going on dates with you all of the time. But, like, that might be something you really want to know if you have a more committed relationship with someone.
4: So things like it comes back to communication always, and it's just I expect you to tell me what's making you feel good, what's making you feel bad,
1: um, what your expectations of me are, which is are. the same as any other relationship. Absolutely. It so all, like
4: yeah. the the rules still apply. We, we're it's not a free for all, and we're not out here on some wild rodeo. But
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's important, and I just want to talk to Laura about this for a second because we've done so many shows now on the dating relationship show, and a lot of things are pointing to multiple partners. Do you notice that? Like even when we talked about uh, when we have experts in here talking about this,
1: um, I think so. I think that yeah, just a lot of people are having a hard time committing. I think yes, it's, especially second time arounders. Yes, mm. people who've been. In I think their... they've yeah, they've gone through a lot and the ringer, a lot yeah. of them, and they're just divorce. yeah, yeah. And I I hear this from a lot of women who are online dating, and uh, they're always. Um, they're having an issue with with the men uh, committing to relationships and all they want to do is uh, pretty much have sex in polyamory
4: yeah. you can switch over to women when that happens
1: <laughs> i love kidding. that that's hilarious yes. that's
4: an option for me as a queer woman but like, yes. that's not
1: an option for everyone but. okay
4: and so <laughs> you're
1: bisexual then
4: uh, I consider myself queer because I also um, will date trans and non-binary um, people as well.
2: What's so non-binary?
4: Non, someone who doesn't fall on the gender spectrum, so they don't—they're not so, man or woman. So you're just,
1: basically you know, attracted to everybody. Now, everybody. Do you, okay, but do you think this is something that you were born with?
4: Absolutely. Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah. They don't so, choose this. Okay, so you—you you grew <laughs> no, no. up, but no, honestly, mm-hmm. but you grew up mm-hmm. being attracted to men pretty much men too. and women, and no matter what. Yeah.
4: Yeah, there was never a point in my life where I didn't like one more than the other. It was just like, oh, you're wonderful. You are also wonderful. Look at all these wonderful people. Mm-hmm. I want
3: to love you Caitlin, yourself too? Oh, I'm super queer. Yeah. <laughs> We're mega queer. yeah.
1: <laughs> really? That's so interesting. And a lot of people don't know that.
3: You know, I what find it mean? actually the choice thing is really interesting because, it, well, at the same time, I do recognize that it's not something that, like, you do have a choice about sometimes. Like, I did decide. I was like, yes, I will be attracted to trans and non-binary people because they are beautiful people and I would want to be attracted to them. So, yeah, it was a choice for me. And it's been a choice that I've really found very fulfilling mm-hmm. I think
4: there's points within my life where I've all of a sudden decided to choose to be more attracted to one than the other like right now I I like to call it my big gay streak and I'm on that <laughs> right now and it's just like I'm very infatuated with women at the moment but like that that could change tomorrow I could wake up and be back on men who knows
2: well you know we'll I w- see. sorry I want to go back in time historical times like the Greek and Roman times multiple partners was the way they did things often like mm-hmm. from kings and queens, you know, queens took lovers all the time. They weren't so innocent as, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> there was clergy There was heads of state. You know, this is the way it's been since historical times. So it's important we don't judge. I think that's what's important that Mm -hmm. we explore these type of relationships because they're very common today and that we understand them and appreciate them.
1: Thanks for that, Sandra. Thank you, Caitlin, for coming in and sharing your work and perspective on polyamory with us. And thank you, Riley, for doing the same. It was fantastic to explore sex as a whole and... Uh, body image as well, as get an inside look at the evolving relationship of polyamory. You can learn more from Caitlin by visiting CaitlinKRoberts.com You can tune in to Sandra's show Inside Jokes right here on AM640 on Sunday nights at 8pm right before this show. And if you're single and in the market of meeting someone, don't forget to check out my site, SingleInTheCity.ca for uh, matchmaking services as well as singles events. I have a dance coming up at the Riverside Ballroom in Toronto, ages thirty plus, so no kitties, on October 21st. Hope you can join me. Thank you all for listening. Happy Thanksgiving and have a great week. Ciao for now.